you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. If he's ever made a way where there seemed to be no way, then you came in here tonight with a reason to shout and a reason to dance and a reason to praise Somebody needs to wake up tonight and you need to remember the place you were when he found you. Can you remember where you were at when the Lord brought you out? When the doctor said there was nothing else that they could do, but all of a sudden the blood of Jesus came onto the scene. My goodness, there's people that are in the house tonight that there was a day that you were bound up in addiction. The devil was doing everything he could do to try to stop you. But somewhere in the middle of a midnight hour, Jesus stepped onto the scene. And there ought to never be a moment that we take for granted that he gave me a reason to dance. He gave me a reason to shout. You ought to take just a few moments and you ought to throw your hands in the air. Somebody lift up your voice. You've got a reason to shout. You've got a reason to praise. Come on, somebody, just for a moment. We're not in a hurry tonight, but the presence of the Lord is in this place. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty to worship. There's power to be set free. Hallelujah. Well, one more time, put your hands together and somebody give the Lord a high praise. Amen. I want to say what an honor it is tonight, not only to be home, but Brother Sleeve, I'm so happy to see you tonight. He was at Indiana Bible College, and I'm very thankful for everything that he did for me. He took in a young man that just needed somebody to be a friend to him. And I'm very thankful that you're here tonight, sir. Would you give honor to my friend, Brother Sleva, tonight? Amen. And my wife and I have a friend with us all the way from Nacogdoches, Texas. Brooke, we're so happy that you're here. She's already embarrassed. <laughs> we're so thankful that you're here tonight. And I'm thankful that all of you are here this evening. To every guest that's in the house, welcome to CLC. Let's give it up one more time for our guests. Amen. I feel like that the Lord has a work that he wants to do in this house. Before we get into the word of God, would you lift up your hands one more time? And I'm going to ask you, would you just lift up your voice in prayer all over the house? And would somebody begin to lift up the name of Jesus that's in this place? Father, I thank you right now for the presence of an almighty God that has walked into the room. I thank you, Lord, because we were never too far for your grace, never too far for your mercy. We give you all of the praise in advance for the mighty work that you're going to do in this house. And somebody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Greet somebody that you haven't talked to yet. When you've done that, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more great big hand clap of praise in the house. I want to tell you tonight that there has never been a better time to be in the church of the living God. There's a lot of places that you could have been tonight, but 
for whatever reason you chose to be in the house of God. And to every guest and saint alike, you are in the right house tonight for a miracle to happen in your life. I'm concerned that all throughout society with many things that are going on, that our attention has been drawn off of the things that are important. And our attention has been focused on everything that's going on in society. Can I get a witness in the house? And surely there's a lot of things happening and uncertainty and questioning. Trying to figure out not only where we are, but what do we do from here. It is my concern tonight, not only that this is happening in the world all around us, but I'm afraid that for some that it's crept into the church of the living God. Lord, help us tonight when we come in the house of God and we base how we feel in the spirit based off of what's going on in society around us. But I would just want to remind somebody in the house that regardless of what is going on all around you, that when you walked into the church of the living God tonight, that you walked into a place where the spirit of God is dwelling Whatever is going on in the world around you somehow in some way, Jesus has a tendency to see what you're going through and he shows up just in the nick of time. Can I tell somebody tonight that has walked into the building that you're going through trial and problem and sickness and uncertainty that with everything that's going on in the world around you that that is not the end of your story. I want to tell somebody that walked in the building tonight that's so discouraged because of the because of the guilt of your past and the uncertainty of your future that there is one thing that is still certain that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor have I ever seen his seed begging bread. I want to tell you that I know what it looks like, but just because it looks bad doesn't mean that the end result's going to be bad. Somebody needs to wake up this evening and stop and remind yourself of the place not only that God has brought you from, but the promise that God is taking you to. Why don't you give the Lord some praise for his promises tonight? You see, there was a man by the name of Saul that was on the road headed on a journey. But somewhere in the middle of his journey, the Lord showed up out of heaven. And the scripture said that it came as a bright light. And it shined upon him. And he wasn't able to see. And he began to cry out to the Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord began to send him on his way. And he sent him into the church house. And the elders that were gathered all around began to say, is this not the same Saul that persecuted us? Isn't this the same Saul that just a little while ago he wasn't living right and he, and he wasn't doing right and he was doing some really awful things? Why would you bring him here? For whatever reason, God chose Saul to be a conduit for the kingdom. But I find it so disturbing that as Saul began to come into contact with people all around him, that people begin to question the place that God had brought him from and the promise that was given to his tomorrow. But for whatever reason, the Lord was not near as concerned with the guilt of his past as he was with the promise of his tomorrow. There was something that the Lord saw within him that said, I know that the journey has been long. I know that the season that you've been through has been tough. I know that people are talking about you and they're judging everything that you are. But when the Lord puts his hand upon you, I want you to know that there is not a devil in hell that can keep you out of the promises of the Lord. Somebody needs to be encouraged tonight uh, and know this, uh, that regardless of the opinion surrounding you, uh, that God has put his hand upon you uh, and God has chosen you for a time such as this. Oh, put your hands together and thank the Lord. Something began to get a hold of him. 
that when the Lord began to speak to him, he said, your name's not going to be Saul any longer, but your name will now be Paul. Because all it takes is one little encounter with an almighty God for the chorus of your life to be forever changed. I want you to know in the house, whether you've been in church your entire existence or whether you are brand new, that when the Lord sets you free, you are free indeed. That regardless of the guilt of your past or the shame of your yesterday, that the promise of your future outweighs the shame of what is behind you. But I worry that there's some people in the church that our eyes are so fixated on everything that is behind us that we are unable to see the promise that God has in our future. Whether that's the whether that is your past that causes you to be guilty, or whether it is the past of past moves of God, of past revivals, of past outpourings, of past incredible moves of the Spirit. God help us when we dwell so much on what is behind us that we are unable to see that what God wants to do ahead of us is greater than anything that is behind us. Church, I know that we've come out of a season of prayer. And I know that we've come out of a season of consecration. And what incredible things that God did in this house in the awakening revival. My God, we ought to give the Lord a hand clap for everything he did. What incredible things that we've seen. But can I tell you that now is not the time to take a step back and to check out of the game. But I want to tell you that this is the final quarter. Somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you tonight. This is the final quarter. And if there's ever been a time to step into what God is doing, that time is right now. I don't just want to talk about old moves of God, but I've got to see it now. I don't just want to be in a conversation about the people that got the Holy Ghost in our past services. But I want you to know that every time we come into the building, my desire is to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God happen for somebody for the very first time. Can I tell you that when God steps onto the scene and he begins to make everything new, that who you will become is completely unrecognizable. That the people that talked about you, their opinion goes to the wayside. And every decision that you've ever made when you come to a point of saying, Lord, I'm ready to turn away from it. The word said that he's quick to forgive and he'll cast the cares of your sin away from him is what happened to Paul as he began to preach the word of God and he began to travel all throughout the cities and it was said of him that these are the people that are turning their world upside down. See, there's a lot of us in the church that we might have a problem if we, if we understood where he had come from, that, that we might have an issue with what God was doing through him. I'm thankful that the grace of God is bigger than my mess up. I'm thankful that the grace of God is bigger than my poor decisions. But when the grace of God covers you, you are made fresh and anew. So I just want to tell the person uh, that's caught up looking at the decisions that you made behind you that now is the time to get your eyes off of the past uh, and open up your eyes of the faith uh, to see what God wants to do in your future. Why don't you thank the Lord for the grace of God that covered you? Take a moment and thank Him for it. So here goes Paul as he begins to preach the word. The fame of everything that was happening began to spread all around him. Because Paul was no longer the man that used to be. But Paul left Saul on that road to Damascus. I want to interject something that that when God meets you where you are, that you have to let go of the guilt and the shame of your past. That when the Lord begins to make you brand new, that you've got to let go of everything that is behind you so you can press on towards the mark of the high calling. 
This is what Paul began to do as he began to preach in the book of Acts chapter number 19. It begins to say that as Paul began to preach the word that people all around him began to see what was happening. And there were a few people that they, they didn't serve the same God that Paul served as, as they began to talk amongst themselves and saying, surely, surely this, this thing that Paul is doing, I want to do what he's doing too. Have you ever seen someone and just said, Lord, can you use me like them? Okay, well, maybe just a couple of us. They begin to look and say, surely we can do what he's doing. And the word said that, said that they begin to try to summons the evil spirit by the Jesus whom Paul had been calling upon. It said that as they begin to call upon him that what happened was not quite what they thought was going to happen. But rather as they begin to try to summon it that there was an individual who was bound up by a spirit. And, and he began to leap upon them as he, as he began to overcome them. Because there was a place that Paul had been that those men had never been before. There was the guilt of his past that he had that was, that was still hanging on to him that none of these men had, had ever been there when he was making the poor decisions. But somewhere through it, the Lord met him where he was. That all of these men that begin to try to use the same name of Jesus, they, they weren't there when he was traveling on the road to go and persecute Christians when, when Jesus decided to show up on the road and, and everything began to be made new for him. And, and they thought that surely if this man can do it, well, then I can too. But, 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 but there's something in the story that begins to stick out to me that isn't it just like the enemy that, that when God decides to use your past to prepare your future that the enemy tries to tag along on the journey. That isn't it just like the enemy that when the Lord decides that he's going to make you fresh and clean and new that, that the enemy sends somebody to say, hey, can I remind you of the place uh, that you used to be? But I just want to tell every child of God that's in this house tonight uh, that what the Lord wants to do in this building is remind you that when he set you free, that you are free indeed. I don't understand maybe who all that I'm preaching to tonight, uh, but I want to reach out to the person that's in this house this evening, uh, that the Lord has given you a word of promise uh, in a place that he wants to take you. Uh, but the thing that is behind you that's uh, tried to anchor you to the guilt of your past, uh, the Lord is saying if you will let go of what is behind you, that the promise of your future uh, is greater than the guilt of your past. Uh, you ought to just reach over and touch somebody uh, and just tell them there is still a promise in your future. I just, I, I just want to speak to you tonight that, that when the Lord begins to do a work in your life that maybe, maybe not everybody will understand the thing that God does. You see, it was just like the individual, the woman that had been to every doctor as, as every doctor told her, I'm sorry, there's nothing that we can do for you. But, but then she found the man named Christ Jesus. And she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And her body began to be made whole right before her very eyes. When, when people all around said that there's nothing that we can do, Jesus said, well, just maybe there's something that I can do in the middle of your situation. Like the man that was unable to walk that made the decision to cut the hole through the ceiling as his friends decided to lower him down to where Jesus was. Uh, as the Spirit of God began to move over him. Uh, and Jesus reached down and took him by the hand uh, and said, Today you're going to be healed uh, by the power of my name. Uh, the thing that I find so interesting uh, is that so many of us, uh, we allow the definitions of our past uh, to set the chorus uh, for the things that we will do in our future and there's some people that are in the house tonight that you need to understand that the fights that you're fighting tonight were never intended for you to fight you see, there's some people that God transitions them out of the problem of yesterday and into the promise of tomorrow. But, but we get so bound up in everything that's behind us that we keep looking backwards and, and we miss everything that God's trying to do ahead of us. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's something about the way that the Lord works that, that God specializes in brokenness. God specializes in brokenness. You are not discounted. You are not walked out on. You are not forgotten about. But there was a miracle that was in your journey. 
There was a miracle that was in your journey. Uh, that every place that you've been has been orchestrated by God uh, to get you to where you're at tonight. Uh, God has positioned you uh, to step into uh, the supernatural. I wonder if there's somebody that would lift your hands right now uh, and just say, Lord, uh, I'm ready to transition uh, to the promises of my tomorrow. Would you lift up your hands and your voices all over the house? Would you pray aloud with me? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's something about the positioning of God like Moses taken out of his home as he was placed in a basket and put into the Nile that I'm sure that probably within his spirit if he would have understood what was going on that he would have begun to question, Lord, what are you doing in this journey when the promise is great but the journey is tough? When the place that I used to be in was comfortable, but, but Lord, the place that you're sending me is it's uncomfortable. Jesus, why are you allowing me to walk through it? I, I understand that maybe not all of us have had the same thing to fight and the same problems to face, but the truth of the matter is at some point you have either gone through it, you are going through it, or you will go through it. I'm sure that that's probably the same thing that was in his spirit. As he was sent down the Nile and delivered up into the hands of his enemy. He began to grow up in a stranger's home. But, but somewhere in the middle of it, the Lord had a promise. And the Lord had a plan as he was raised up in the hands of his enemy. The so people that wanted to kill him were the same people that ultimately had the most control over his life. But here's Moses as he's being cradled in the arms of Pharaoh's daughter. As what he sees is uncertainty. But what God sees is a man that is positioned to do a work for him. What the Lord sees in the eyes of the Spirit is a person that while you've been ripped out of the comfortable and you've been shoved into the uncomfortable, that there's a trial of your faith that's going on in the scene, in the background behind you that you might not be able to see with the natural eyes. But somewhere like Moses, I feel that somebody in the house tonight, uh, that somebody in this house tonight, that you have gone through uncertainty and you have gone through trial and you've gone through problem. Uh, but God is trying to prepare a, a journey for you that is a, it's a one-way ticket to the other side. Same thing that happened with Moses is, as uh, he was raised up understanding that he wasn't like everybody else and he didn't look like everybody else and you see, he, uh, his family, he, he didn't even really know who his real family was because he was taken out of their hands at such a young age. But for whatever reason, the Lord allowed him to go through all of this. Maybe there's some people in here that, that you know what it means to go through some things. Anybody in the house tonight that you know what it means to really have to walk through some dark days? Come on, Brother Chuck, you know what I'm talking about tonight. When you've had to look back at everything that God allowed you to walk through and say, where was the, where was the point? What, what was the point in what I went through? Not only that, but to add insult to injury, Moses finds himself out in the desert as he's continuing to run away from his problems because isn't that just what some of us do when, it, when all of a sudden when things get so tough that we say, well, uh, I know that God can do it, but God's got to do it somewhere else. Just the truth of the matter is even running away from his problems, the Lord still saw where Moses was. And the word said that he finds himself in a cave as he's not only hiding from people, but, he's, but I believe that Moses in his spirit was hiding from the decisions that he made. As here he is, and all of a sudden the Lord begins to speak in the burning bushes. As he begins to tell him, take off your shoes for you're on holy ground. The Lord begins to lay out a promise for Moses and a plan of everything that he would do. And the first words out of Moses' mouth were, but I can. But I can. He said, Lord, you... I know that you want to do a great work, Jesus, but Lord, you're going to have to do it through someone else because I was taken out of the hands of my mother and I was sent down the river. I was up a creek without a paddle. I was put into the hands of my enemy. I was raised in the house of a stranger. I killed a man out of anger. And now you want me to do a work for you, but I don't see how I can do what you want me to do. But the Lord said, I understand that what it looks like in the eyes of your person. But I want you to open up your eyes and see in the spirit that you might have gone through some things. But you do not look like what you've been through. 
I want to encourage somebody to tell you, you might have been through the trial, but you do not look like what you've been through. I wonder if God has ever delivered you out of alcoholism. Why don't you stand to your feet? If God's ever delivered you from cigarette addiction, why don't you join these up on your feet? Look all over the house. If God's ever brought you out of drug addiction, stand to your feet. If God's ever brought you out of bad lifestyles and decisions, why don't you stand to your feet? If you ever found yourself lost and astray from God, but he found you and he bought you by his blood, why don't you stand uh, to your feet? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, look all around you uh, because it might have been bad, uh, but you don't look like. I wonder if somebody would give the Lord some praise right now. I want you to know that every time the Lord allows you to do something, that when God found you where you were, that the thing that you overcome becomes a weapon in your hand. That the reason that Moses had to know what it was like to walk alone and afraid is because God was trying to position him to be able to handle leading a nation of people. But he said, Lord, I can't do what you want me to do. The Lord said, no, Moses, I've positioned you intentionally to be used of God uh, because I choose the person that is the least likely, the person that's walked through the trial and walked through the adversity and walked through the problem and made the bad decision, Moses. You're the kind of person that I want to choose uh, because it's the same person that understands uh, that when God does it, it wasn't because uh, of my pedigree. It wasn't because of my good decisions. Uh, it wasn't because of the amount of money in the bank. But when the Lord steps on the scene, uh, something begins to happen. It's my desire tonight for you to understand in the house that while you've been through trial and adversity, and I know I'm preaching a little bit different tonight, but are you with me? While you've been through some trial and adversity, that the Lord has chosen you to do a work that only you can do. That God's put a weapon in your hand that to the person that's dealt with loss and with addiction, God said, I'm going to use you to reach the people that are who you used to be. Why do you think that God had to not only put Moses in the house of Pharaoh, but then deliver him out of the land of Egypt? Then the Lord tells him, says, I'm sending you back to the place that I delivered you out of. Isn't that just like the Lord? I was talking to Omar the other day. I wish he was here tonight. Don't we love Omar? Just in case he's watching tonight. <laughs> Omar's my buddy. I was talking to Omar the other day. Omar started to say, he said, Gentry, it's amazing to me. He said, everything that I've been through, he said, from being addicted to being bound up in prison. He said, I used to think that it was punishment because of the decisions that I made. He said, but I had no idea what was going to happen. He said, because the same lifestyle that the Lord brought me out of. Uh, he said, he's sending me back into the fire to reach down to somebody else uh, that's gone through what I've been through. He said, and God is doing miracles uh, left and right. Uh, because I said, you know what, God? Uh, somebody's got to pay the price. And if someone's got to pay the price, Lord, it might as well be me. Because I want to see the thing uh, that you're going to do. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You see, I'm reminded tonight of the man that walked into the old church. It was covered up in swastika tattoos. The man walked into the building. And dad began to preach under the power of the Holy Ghost. As a man lifted up his hands and he, he felt the power of God for the first time. Gave the altar call. The man came down to the front. Maybe some of you were there. As tears began to flow down his face, we went up and prayed for him. Said, sir, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. He said, don't you know, everything that I've done, can you see the tattoos on my neck uh, that identify who I used to be? I said, sir, that's just the thing about it, is that tattoo is not something uh, that identifies who you are. Uh, your scar is a testament of the place that God has brought you from. 
The man lifted up his hands as the Lord uh, began to fill him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, as that night, a man that used to run around in gangs uh, and hate people of different color, uh, when the blood of Jesus washed over him, uh, he wasn't able to see color anymore. Uh, all he could see was people that were baptized in the blood of Jesus. Someone told the guy, now you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. He said, for what for? He said, because when you're baptized in Jesus' name, the guilt of your past is washed away. And you're made fresh and brand new. The man said, I don't know. i got a long rap sheet. I said, look around you tonight. He looked all around him. I said, what do you see? He said, I see a lot of people that are in suits and ties. I said, well, what else do you see? He said, I see some women with their hair done up in a beehive. I said, well, that's true, too. What else do you see? Try one more time. He said, I don't know, man. He said, I see people that it seems like everything in their life has been put together so greatly that they're able to serve God because they haven't been through what I've been through. I said, man, that's just the thing about it. I said, you can look out with your eyes tonight, and, and you see people that to you their life looks painless. To you it doesn't look like that they've ever been through anything. I pointed over to one person in the house. I said, you see that man over there? He said, yeah. I said, it was just a few years ago that Brother Kevin, and he was addicted to cigarettes and to alcohol. He said, you talking the tall guy in the back? I said, the tall, bald guy in the back. I said, it was just a few years ago that he was bound up in addiction. He said, what happened? I said, somewhere in the middle of it, the Lord got a hold of him uh, as he was washed fresh and clean. Uh, and God made him brand new. What are you talking about? I said, you see the man over here? He said, yes, sir. I said, it was just a few years ago that this man over here in the corner... <laughs> Now, this man over here in the corner was bound up in drugs. He was on acid. He was a hippie. I said, but for whatever reason, the Lord found him where he was. And he washed him fresh and he washed him clean. And today he serves as a board member in our church. Stand up and wave your hand at us real quick. Come on, you know I'm talking about you tonight. Stand up and wave your hand at us real quick. Uh, I said, you might see a suit. I said, but the Lord brought him out of a lifestyle. Uh, and if God can bring him out, I want you to know that God can bring you out too. That's just the thing about the way that the Lord works. That God's not near as concerned with the place that we've been as he is with the place that we're going. See, it was just a few years ago, I told them about myself. So it was just a few years ago that I was bound up in thoughts of suicide with a gun to my head. I said, but the Lord found me where I was. I said, and somewhere in the middle of a midnight hour, the Lord decided to meet me where I was. As God began to lift off of me everything that I had been through. And the Lord said that if you would give everything to him, that God can release you because of what you've been through too. He said, even somebody like me, I said, you're just the perfect candidate for God to show up on the scene and do a miracle in your life. Uh, I'll never forget the man went down in water baptism uh, as every sin was washed away uh, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, today that man is a preacher of the gospel uh, because when the Lord decides to show up, uh, And make everything new. It doesn't matter what's surrounding us or what's going on all around us. You see, the church was never intended to be defined by, by the problems going on in politics. Or by the things that are going on in the world. Or by bad decisions that we've made. But rather, the church is only supposed to be defined by one thing. Uh, and that's the word and the promises of God. Uh, that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Uh, that we can lay hands on the sick uh, and they shall recover. And can I tell you tonight... But it was never the intent of God for us just to preach about the church. But it's the intent of God for me to be the church. I want to tell every blood-bought believer that's in the house tonight uh, that we've got to quit trying to send people to other people and saying, well, you need to talk to brother so-and-so because if you'll talk to him, well, 
something great is going to happen. I want you to know that if you're a believer in the power of the Holy Ghost uh, and you've been filled with His Spirit, uh, that God has chosen you for a time such as this uh, to do a work that only you can do. I wonder if there's anybody that you want to be used of God. Would you lift up your hand? And would you ask the Lord tonight, Lord, would you use me like only you can do? Would you lift up your voice with your hand right now? I just feel like the Lord wants to do something in this house right now. But we've just, we've just got to break past what's going on around us. Come on, just, just be sensitive to the Spirit right now. If you got the Holy Ghost, why don't you begin to pray in the Spirit? Do you feel something begin to happen tonight? I want to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel that for too long that we base what we're going to do in the Spirit based off of what's happening all around us. But I want you to know that I felt in the Holy Ghost on the way here that there's a new calendar page that's been turned in the Spirit. That it's time to stop limiting what God wants to do based off of miracles and things that are happening in everybody else's life. And understand that the hand and that the power of God is upon you tonight. uh, And that God is here this evening because He wants to make you fresh and He wants to make you new And God wants to use you in ways that he's never used you before. I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight that there's some people in the house that you've been praying that God would open up a door of opportunity for you to be able to be used of God. But what the Lord is saying is open up the eyes of the Spirit and see the harvest field around you. And understand that the pulpit that God has given you, it's bigger than the pulpit that you see before you. That the church that God has given you, it's greater than the four walls and what a beautiful building that we're in tonight. But it's greater than even what you're seeing here because the world is your harvest field. And everywhere you are is your pulpit. And God is going to bring somebody to a point that you recognize that there are miracles, signs, and wonders that God wants to do through your hands. You ever wondered why? All throughout the scripture that every disciple, they saw incredible things happen. Well, it's because they weren't looking at what the church down the road was doing to say, well, if they're having harvest, then now's the time of harvest. But rather what they recognized is that the Lord told them greater works than these shall ye do in my name. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to get out of preacher religion and understand that preachers are not our gods. Our friends are not our God. But rather that Jesus has set a charter and a chorus for us to be the church of the living God. And regardless of your background and regardless of your pedigree, God has selected you to be used of God. And the trials of your life that you've been through have been intentional because God wants to use you in ways that he's never used you before. I remember tonight, I remember talking to a young man that was, he was at a PK uh, retreat that I was at. The young man was sitting in there and I went up and I talked to him and I told him, I said, man, I want you to know that the hand of God is on you. He said, no, no, the hand of God can't be on somebody like me. I said, well, why not? He said, well, you know, I, he said, I normally don't tell people this. He said, but, but I know that the hand of God isn't on me because I've been bound up in addiction for the last two years. He said, I've been addicted to cigarettes and alcohol and pornography. He said, I've even been addicted to drugs. He said, there's no way that the hand of God could ever be upon me. I said, but that's just the thing about it is maybe, maybe the journey that you've been on is the reason that the hand of God is on you. You see, because the devil... The devil doesn't attack people that he's not afraid of. The truth of the matter is this. is The devil's not real afraid of people that just decide to come into the house of God every Sunday. But, but it seems like that the people that the enemy gets afraid of are the people that understand that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It's the people that have walked through trial and adversity when, when the devil thought that you were going to give up, but the last thing that he expected you to do was lift up your head and be encouraged and say, I know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is still coming in the morning. It's people like Job that it's just like the word of the Lord that came and said, Oh, rejoice not against me, O oh, my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. 
I don't understand everything that the Lord does, but but this is what I do know is that is that it seems like that there's sometimes that that God allows us to go through things and it's not to punish us, but rather it's to use us for an intended work. I know I talk about it a lot, but maybe it's just because of everything that our family has gone through in the last year or so. But I'll remember when mom was diagnosed with cancer and and our family begin to be so concerned with everything that is happening, not knowing that along the way that miracles would happen. And you want to know something that's so incredible is I'll never forget that mom, she looked me in the face. I was crying. I said, Mom, I'm angry because of things that you're having to go through. And she, she looked at me and she said, Gentry, if God can do one miracle because of what I've gone through, then everything that I'll have been through is worth it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the attitude that we've got to have when it comes to kingdom work. That if one person can be touched because of everything that I've been through, then everything that I have gone through will be worth it in the end. I started thinking about that last night. Brooke, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but my friend here, wave your hand everyone so they can see you. Our friend here, she lives in Houston and she lives over there and her aunt and uncle, they go to a great church over there and they're incredibly used of God. But, but she got a call last night, her uncle's been dealing with cancer for an awful long time. Her uncle, the day that we left Texas, he got a call. She got a call on her cell phone as they said, your uncle, we don't know what happened, but he had a stroke today, and we're not sure what's going on, but he's unresponsive. I could feel the fear whenever she got the phone call as we sat in the truck just trying to have a good time and, you know, hang out and vacation, but, but there was still something in the back of our mind, and last night... It was crazy because as we were all gathered together last night, her phone rang again and it was her aunt calling us. She said, Brooke, you just have to know that that this has happened and I know that you have all of the details, but Brooke, we we don't know what's going to happen. I think I'm telling the story right, am I? She she said, we don't know what's going to happen. She said, "I, I, I just want your uncle to be healed. I remembered, I thought back to when mom was diagnosed with cancer. I'd never met her aunt in my life, but I reached over. I said, can I tell your aunt something? She said, sure thing. I said, ma'am, excuse me. She said, hey. I said, I just want to tell you tonight that my mother was walked down the same path that you're going through. She said, yes, sir. I said, and the Lord spoke to me a word that there was a miracle that was beginning that night. She said, yes. I said, and I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost. That maybe every journey that my mom has walked through, maybe it's brought us to this point for me to tell you. That though the night looks dark, that there's a light that is still coming in the journey. We gathered around the phone as we begin to pray. And we begin to plead the blood of Jesus over Quentin. Quentin, if you're watching tonight... Or your aunt, I can't remember what her name is. It's Tammy, isn't it? Tammy, if you're watching tonight, we're still praying and believing that there's a miracle that's happening in your family. We begin to gather around the phone as we lift up our hands and we lift it up our voices. As we begin to pray and we begin to plead the blood of Jesus and speak a miracle into his body. I want you to know that the Holy Ghost moved into the room last night. As the doctors had called her and said, we don't know what's going on, but he's unresponsive. Uh, He's alive, but he's not saying a whole lot. Uh, As we gather together and begin to pray. uh, I told her aunt on the phone, I said, I know it looks bad, uh, but I believe that there's a miracle that's happening right here. She said, I believe it. We went to bed last night and Brooke got a call this morning and they said, well, the miracle hasn't happened 100% yet. Uh, They said, but we went in and talked to him this morning uh, and he was responding to the words uh, that we spoke to him. I don't understand every way that the Lord works, but this is what I do know. That when I look in the eyes of the Spirit tonight, I see people all throughout the building that you have testimonies. And you have things that you've been through. And you have journeys that you've walked down. But I see that there's a weapon placed in your hand tonight. That God's waiting for somebody to quit looking at the guilt of past. And quit looking at the problem of yesterday. And understand that the weapon has been put in your hand. And God is calling you into action. Uh, The time has come to quit coming into the house of God with our hand lifted up saying, Lord, give me what you can. And the time has come for the church to tilt their hand over and open up their hands and say, Lord, it's not just about what I can get. But, Lord, it's about everything that I can give to you tonight, Jesus. 
I know it's been a little bit different, but I feel the Holy Ghost in the room. Would you stand to your feet? I want you to lift your hands up all over the house. And would you lift up your hands and your voice and begin to pray unto the Lord tonight uh, that the Lord would begin to minister to your spirit in this house. Come on, church, it's quiet in here. Let's respond to what the Lord is trying to do in this house. Come on, somebody, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Lift up your voice with those hands right now. There's tears that are flowing down people's faces all over the room right now. It's a beautiful thing about it being at church on an Easter Sunday. I said a little bit in prayer this morning, but I, I just want to tell you one more time that it's an amazing thing that as the Lord hung on the cross and he bowed down his head that he spoke the words, it is finished. He hung his head and the word said that he gave up the ghost. What's amazing to me is that some people in here that you felt the same way to hang your head and say it's finished. I'm done fighting. I'm done pushing. I'm done trying to do everything that I know to do because the fight's been too long. But something that happened in the Holy Ghost when he said it's finished. But as they carried that lifeless body to a tomb, he resurrected three days later on a resurrection Sunday, maybe just like today. That he emerged out with the keys to death, to hell, and to the grave. I can see the Lord as he was walking down the corridor, walking back up to the tomb in the spirit as the stone began to be rolled away as the stone was rolled away there was light that began to shine into the room and as the light began to hit him in the face he emerged out of the tomb carrying keys in his hand as he began to send a message in the Holy Ghost that you might have destroyed my body you might have freaked everybody out because of what I've gone through but what I have done in the spirit is all ready, finished. I believe that the keys that he emerged out of are the same keys that the Lord has put in some people's hands tonight. It's the key to unlock a future that's greater than your past. It's a key to unlock a miracle where there used to be a problem. You stand on the brink tonight like a doubting Thomas saying, unless I see it with my eyes, I can touch it with my hands. I don't know that I can believe it. But I feel the word of the Lord speaking to somebody tonight. That maybe you walked into the house tonight. And you've said, I've not seen the miracle that God wants to do. But I still believe that God is able. Is there anybody that says, I still believe that God is able? I can see the Lord. See, it's sent up into heaven. They gather together on the day of Pentecost and begin to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit of God began to fall, and there was something else that began to fall with it, that there was a key that was dropped down from the throne room of heaven. As their hands were lifted, and the key was put in their hand. Uh, and I want every child of God to know tonight that the key to revival stares you in the mirror every morning. That you are the key to unlocking your greatest breakthrough. You are the key to unlocking a revival in your neighborhood. To putting your family back together. To seeing miracles begin to happen in your life. That a key has been put in your hand. Uh, and it took every place that you've been and every journey that you've been on to get you back to the point tonight that the Lord said, now is the time. And you are the key. I wonder if everybody in the room, if you'd come out of your seat tonight, would you come down with hands lifted high and voices lifted up to heaven tonight? There's some people in the room tonight that have been ministered to in the Holy Ghost. That God is trying to wake you up out of the season that you've been through. And out of the trial and adversity that you faced. As God has come here tonight just to remind you that the hand of God has been on you the entire time. 
but God has positioned you for a miracle. Come on, lift up your voice. Church, let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. There's some people in the house that maybe they need a breakthrough in their life tonight. Come on, would you lift up your voice? Would you lift up your voice all over the house? Come on, in the name of Jesus, sing it like this. Maybe they've gone through something completely different than you have. But I want you in faith believing tonight to reach over and grab somebody. And all over the house, I want you to begin to lift up your voice right now as you begin to pray in faith believing that a miracle is going to begin to transpire tonight. There's some people in the house that's going to leave here with a breakthrough. You're going to leave here made new. Come on, there's faith rising in the house. I've seen Come on, somebody be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Fear for the miraculous. You're gonna do it. I Lift up worship to the Lord. Come on, somebody begin to praise the Lord tonight. You're gonna do it.